When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to CLNS Media, powered by betonline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. Listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can support the show financially by going to blackandgoldhockey.com and clicking on the fanatics.com banner before shopping online. You can also purchase exclusive Black and Gold Hockey Podcast merchandise in the official BG shop. And now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, it's your host Mark Alvord of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, here to record episode 135, sponsored by betonline.ag. Um, flying solo today, uh, it is the last um, day of my four-day weekend, holiday weekend, 4th of July weekend. By the way, hopefully everybody had a safe and happy holiday um, for America's birthday. And also, I want to shout out to my Canadian friends and family up in, in Canada of course, uh, for their uh, Canada, Day, Canada Day on Free Agent Frenzy July 1st. So hopefully all of you up in America's hat had a great holiday weekend yourself. Um, yeah, so flying solo again, uh, not again, but uh, for the first time. So this ought to be really interesting. Um, things didn't work out with planning um, yesterday with a show and some storms that came through yesterday really made me feel like I didn't want to do it because the fact is I didn't want to short out my computer. 
which did happen in year one when I was doing this. My iMac uh, was completely shit to bed. So I didn't want to risk it. So sorry, Heather. I was going to have you on again, but I'm going to be doing this on my own because I'm doing this early Saturday morning so I can enjoy my last day of vacation. So uh, let's get started with uh, some development camp talk. Uh, the 2019 Boston Bruins Development Camp was uh, held at the Warrior Ice Arena in Brighton, Massachusetts. Uh, another fantastic event put on by the bees and, and PR staff. I um, want to thank them for allowing us into the locker room to get access uh, for uh, player interviews and um, um, around the rink location to record some video. Uh, which we do have a brand new YouTube channel. That's Black and Gold Hockey Podcast um, on YouTube. Search and uh, please subscribe to that. We want to get that going too with uh, more video and uh, and player interviews. So because we, we're going to try to, we are trying to cross the threshold into getting some uh, media credentials, but uh, that's a still a work in progress. But regardless, I want to thank Mike Craddy. He's the uh, senior writer at BlackandGoldHockey.com and uh, a new writer. Uh, Patrick Donnelly um, for uh, his contributions in all three days of camp. He was, um, he represented uh, the black and gold hockey.com website as our in locker room reporter and got some awesome interviews. Like I said, you can find that on the uh, YouTube channel and some, uh, some video that I took of camp with the uh, GoPro heroes that I bought recently. So uh, check it out. But um I just want to touch on some play. I didn't spend a lot of time at development camp this year. Uh, I had some, some uh, medical, not medical reasons, but my, my back got screwed up. I don't know what the hell I did to it. So I didn't really go to a lot of the development camp. I did go to one full day, but uh, we had Mike and, and uh, Patrick there to, uh, to get everything that we needed. So thanks to them for really um, putting in a, the workload and, uh, and their time in the three-day duration. But uh, Samuel Asselin was a, a standout for me. Um, he's a, an AHL signed uh, player, uh, one-year deal. So um, uh, a lot of people think that he was an NHL prospect. He's not. He was just, you know, he was the leading scorer in the queue, and he was brought here to uh, – it was like a show-me deal. Show me at the NHL level that you can do it, and then we'll, we'll consider, um, you know, sign you to a, deal, a future deal, uh, NHL, which was probably a two-way – um, another standout, uh, second year, uh, development camp attendee, Curtis Hall. I think he's, he's, he's got a lot of great attributes, um, in his game. Uh, I saw a bunch of his games at Yale, uh, it just seemed like he was, uh, in an adjustment period, uh, in his development going from, uh, the USHL to the, uh, to Yale in, as a freshman. So I expect, uh, his senior, his uh, sophomore year, sorry, to, uh, get much better. Uh, Mike Hardman, a local kid, Massachusetts uh, born. Um, Mike Craddy uh, actually did a fantastic article on him. Um, he was a, a standout for a camp invite, and and he's going he's committed to BC. So uh, a lot of good things from him. Um, Matthias Mantikivi, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Good shot, good release, um, good speed. So uh, a lot of good things from him. Uh, Quinn Olson, I liked. Um, Pavel Shen and Oscar Steen were real standouts for me, just for their speed factor and uh, and how they handled the puck in stride. Uh, those two 
nasty releases. Oscar Steen just amazes me with his bar down accuracy. It just seemed like every shot he was taking at development camp was just a dinger right down to the goal line. So uh, good to see him. And I can't wait to see um, Steen with the Providence Bruins this year uh, and what, what uh, element of his game he can bring coming over from the uh, bigger European ice to uh, the smaller North American ice. So it should be interesting. Um, on defense, uh, Axel Anderson was, was one of my favorite people to watch. His edge work is absolutely amazing. Um, and his vision and, and what a, it's so hard because these are just drills that I was seeing. And this is the second development camp from Anderson, but I noticed this in the first one too, last summer that when he's retrieving the puck, it's, he is looking, he's scanning the zone on what, um, what is the best option for transition quickly out. And just his, his, uh, his IQ of where to place the puck, tape the tape, and, and, and his timing is really a key attribute, in my opinion. Um, solid defenseman. Obviously got to bulk up. He'll get that. Um, and rem remains on where he's going to go, too, if he goes back to, um, to Finland to play in, the, uh, in their pro league or he comes over and plays in the, uh, in the CHL because he was, he was uh, recently drafted. Uh, by a CHL team. So regardless, I think his Anderson's um, uh, upside is, is going to be good. And there's a, there's a reason why the Bruins immediately signed him to a three-year entry-level contract uh, right after last year's um, development camp. But uh, moving on, Victor Berglund was another one that stood out to me. Same kind of thing. It must be the European game when uh, of defensemen. They, they just want to they want to get the puck. There's really no physicality, but this they want to get the puck and quickly move. And and I think that that's a a big thing in the in the future of the Bruins um, in transition because it still seems to it doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't matter how how many people they get. It just their their transition times are are just terrible, and they just need to work on it. So um, Clarkson commit uh, Dustin McFall or McPhail. I'm not sure how you exactly say that, but. Uh, uh, he could um, definitely be a uh, with Clarkson as soon as this coming fall. Uh, Nick Wolf, a uh, big kid, strong. Um, he camp invite second year in a row, uh, really showing a lot of things that could possibly land him on AHL deer sometime soon. Uh, Cooper Zach, another one that I really liked. Uh, good flow, can move the puck really well. Um, and another one that uh, is uh, an AHL signing and, and, and good deal. Goaltenders, uh, James Cochran, uh, he's a camp invite from Walpole High School. I thought he did well, um, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure what school he's committed to, but yeah, he looked like he was having a good time out there and, and learning. So, um, And uh, the, uh, the returnings, uh, Jeremy Swayman always – just on point and really working hard. Dan Bladara, same thing. Um, both of those, all, all the guys. There were five goaltenders that were, were at camp. Uh, Taylor Gauthier was a camp invite. Kyle Kaiser did not play, but did not participate. He was at camp, but did, didn't participate. Um, and speaking of those, 
um, players that didn't participate. Uh, going back to the forwards, Jack Stanika was at camp, didn't participate because he was with the Black Aces uh, throughout the uh, the playoff run for the Bruins. And there's another one. Kyle Kaiser didn't participate because he is with the Black Aces. And Jakob Lauko, sorry, Jakob Lauko, who, um, who went to the Memorial Cup in May, um, did not participate in development camp um, due to injuries of some sort. So, but he was there to answer some questions and interviews and so on, but just not on ice. So those three were sorely missed because I love, I really like Jack Seneca, um, no matter where I see him at camp, um, streaming games or at uh, tra NHL training camp. He's just a, a really good player to watch. So is Lalco, but uh, definitely we'll see all these guys in the future. Hey folks, I just think this would be a good time to talk about our today's show sponsor, betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is one of those premier um, wagering websites that covers a vast amount of sports worldwide. Um, it is the NHL offseason, so um, there's baseball, there's golf, there's soccer, there's cricket, there's so many other sports that you can get involved in. And if you want to, and if you're feeling lucky and your confidence is high, you can always just go to uh, clnsmedia.com slash Bruins and um, sign up for a free account and get 50% back after you place your first deposit. That's incredible, incredible number. Um, the website's awesome. It's very user-friendly for new folks like me that are just getting into the, the wagering world. Uh, they have great tutorial pages that you can learn. Um, or for the experts that just want to come in and, and quickly get right to work, it doesn't matter what type of uh, a betting person you are. It, it, it just it feeds the need for everybody. So myself, I'm, I'm new. I've been doing this for about three months now. So... And I, you know, I'm, I'm not great and I'm not good, but this, this is still fun to, to place a small one to see if you can get it and, and learn. So uh, betonline.ag is a really good, good website to start at. And it's the preferred sports book of CLNS media. So definitely check those guys out that don't forget it. See the code is CLNS 50 at clnsmedia.com slash Bruins. Go right there, do all your sign-ups and so on, and get right on board. It's a lot of fun, and, um, and hopefully you win some big money. And if you do, tip me. I'm just kidding. No, but seriously, betonline.ag is, is a great, great website, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So definitely check it out. So with development camp over for another year, and it was a lot of fun, and again, i got to thank the guys that participated uh, with our black and gold team, um, Mike and, and Patrick, again, thank you so much. Um, we're going to move forward into the free agency uh, frenzy that happened on July 1st. Um, some incoming players and some departures, some good and some bad, um, some fan favorites that people uh, don't understand, but it is what it is, and that's part of the business. So with that being said, we will introduce the new players. So uh, the first one is, uh, and this information is all coming from um, bostonbruins.com website. So I'm not taking any credit for any of this. Any of these quotes is all from them, courtesy of them. I'm just moving information along. This is not from me. But Brett Ritchie, uh, 
signs a one-year contract on Monday, July 1st, uh, worth an annual cap hit of $1 million. Came from the Dallas Stars. He's a right wing. He's six feet, four inches, 220 pounds, shoots right. Funny, he was born on July 1st, 1993. He turned 26 years old as he signed a Bruins contract um, this Monday. So that's pretty cool. Uh, he's from Orangeville, Ontario. Uh, Dallas drafted him in 2011 in the second round, 44th overall. Uh, Richie played in 53 games last season, notching six points, uh, four goals to assist to go along with um, 57 penalty minutes. He played in just one postseason game. A little scouting report. Uh, he's a right shot winger with plenty of size. Has uh, seen time as the net front presence on the power play and says most of his goals come from the 15-foot circle around the net. So he's a pest around the net, and um, uh, that's much needed. I'm not sure how much power play time a player like this will get if he does actually make the roster uh, in September, October. But, um, uh, of course, it all remains to be seen. But... You can never get uh, enough of the guys that are willing to get into that dirty area to get that goal and, and or, or create havoc for the goalie to make a save and not be able to be there for the, for a rebound shot. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a low-cap number. I get it. But, uh, you know, it remains to be seen if, uh, if he actually makes it. The second player to come in is uh, – Par Lindholm, he's a forward. He signed a two-year contract with an annual cap hit of $850,000. His last team was with the Winnipeg Jets. He's a forward. He's six feet tall, 183 pounds, shoots left, born in 1991. He's 27 years old from Kersmak, Sweden, and he's an undrafted player. Lindholm, who went undrafted, tallied 12 points, one goal, 11 assists, and 61 games for the Leafs before being traded to Winnipeg, where he appeared in four games, contributing only one helper. Scouting report on Lindholm, a versatile forward that can both center and wing, uh, says that he's comfortable on both, playing both forward spots. I mean, I'm a centerman from the start. I think I play better when I'm in the middle, but I'm pretty comfortable on the wing too. So another versatile forward in the, in the God, the Bruins have so many in the, in the, in the depth. Um, so you can like really plug them in in those emergency situations. Um, more of an AHL deal. Uh, well, I don't see this per player playing in the in the NHL, uh, but anything could happen. But 25 year old forward Brendan Gaunt signs a one year two way contract with seven hundred thousand uh, dollars. He spent the last four seasons playing between the Vancouver Canucks and their AHL affiliate, the Utica Comets. In 117 career games with the with Vancouver, uh, he's got six goals and nine assists for 15 points. Uh, he's got a heavy presence, uh, said Sweeney. Also, left shot has killed penalties above 50% in faceoffs. So, just uh, just another filler filler contract for the uh, the just in case type of scenarios. This one was surprising to me, and it actually comes to a with a with a little story that I learned. But uh, goaltender Man Manny, uh, I'm sorry, Max Legacy, he's 26 year old. He played for the Vancouver, uh, Vegas Golden Knights and uh, their American Hockey League affiliate, Chicago Wolves. Um, 
he signs with the with the Bruins. Uh, it's a one year two way contract. Um, I believe on one side of the spectrum, Sweeney was looking at it as an insurance policy in case something happens to Tuka Rask or um, Yaroslav Halak uh, next season. Uh, I mean, he does have a little bit of NHL time, not very good in his NHL time, but he's the type of player that can, you know, fit that role in, in case an emergency happens. But what this does for the developing depth placement of the organization is particularly in Providence, the American Hockey League is, is what the prospects are, are going to do now with uh, Dan Bladar and Kyle Kaiser, who were uh, presumably supposed to be the one, two or the one a, sorry, I don't believe in, in, in starting goaltenders in the American Hockey League. Uh, not when you have a schedule that's played three days in a row on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I just hide that starter when you can only play two of the three, three games. But anyway, um, it, it does facilitate a need for an emergency situation, but it also in the timing was weird because as I was at development camp, um, something came out that uh, Vladar was not happy with the promotion of Kyle Kaiser to the black aces and thinks that he should have gotten that spot first. So um, a little bit of, um, jealousy, I would say. And, um, I, you know, there's no guarantees in any of the sport. It's either, you know, if the organization says, you know, do it and you do it. And I, if somebody jumps you, you really should be that professional. And I know that these kids are young and so on, and they're away from home and, you know, emotions are high as a young man, but you have to keep your emotions in check and keep your uh, mouth shut. Uh, if you want to get to a certain area where the Boston Bruins are allowing you these opportunities to come up and, and present yourself, then, then that is, you worked hard for that. And if they're not offering you that position at that particular time, then you really should tell a young person that you need to work harder. Um, working hard and keeping your mouth shut is the way to be a solid pro and a solid teammate, regardless of what placement you are in the, in the minor pro level. So, with that being said, I think that the frustration of Ladar and him lashing out at um, members of the organization, whether it be Providence or the Boston Bruins, I think that that put Sweeney in a position of, okay, let's get another guy. Let's look at Spectra number two. Let's get another guy in here that's going to really push another goaltender. Uh, at the Providence level in the American Hockey League. So my, my theory, and this is, you know, just my opinion. I think that Legacy and Kieser, or Kaiser, sorry, are going to be your goaltenders in Providence for the 2019-20 season. And Dan Vladar, unfortunately, will be placed back in the, uh, in the ECHL, whoever their affiliate is. Um, I'm hearing... The Bruins in Atlanta have come to a deal, and a deal has been done already, but there's no official word yet if that agreement actually happens. So with that being said, I, I, I think that this is a wake-up call that needs to be bit in the ass, and I think that this is the appropriate way to do it. 
I'm a huge Vladar fan. I'm a goaltending guy anyway. So um, I think Dan's got some really good upside. In, he's got good attributes. He's very athletic, athleticism, blah, 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 all these freaking technical terms that I really shouldn't be saying. He does have it. I just think that his maturity at this certain time of his life is just a little – it needs a little bit of work. So not to knock the player, not to knock the progression of his development. I just think that it's just – I hate when, when prospects do that. There's a sense of entitlement. And I, I, I want to bring back now that they are no longer associated with each other because of contract um, – they walked away is it brings me back to Jesse Gabriel, Jesse, I believe from the people that I talked to said that he was very verbal in his ice time and, and, and stressed that a lot. And I think that that's what got him. Um, or that's the path that they both went down. That was not good. And which, which ultimately, you know, they separated and, and he's over in Australia right now working on his game uh, hearing he signed with a, a European club, I believe in Slovakia, I think. I'm not sure. I could be totally wrong on that. But I, I think that Jesse opened his mouth too, and I think that that might have brought really bad tensions between the club and the player. And I don't want to see that type of thing happen with Vladar and the goaltending situation that they were currently in. So moving on. Uh, you know, best of luck to to all and wherever they get placed. I'm always going to be supportive. I'm always going to watch their games and I'm always going to report regardless if it's good or bad. So, um, I mean, I, I like Valar and everything. I just, I don't hold him to a, a high standard that he can't be, you know, criticized. So, Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! Uh, moving on to some other uh, key um, signings, in my opinion, Ryan Fitzgerald signs a one-year, two-way contract with seven hundred thousand at the NHL um, number. The twenty-four-year-old who registered, who uh, who was a restricted free agent, uh, spent the last three seasons with the Providence Bruins, accumulating thirty goals and forty-six assists, seventy-six points in one hundred and thirty-four games. Um, he's the type of player that can easily fill in on the um, fourth line, um, plug him in there, see where he goes. I, I hope he gets a couple games at the NHL level this season. Um, he was injured a lot last year. Really tough that, you know, he, he get injured, come back, and then get injured again. Uh, just a real off year for him. But the, the previous year was a career year for him in his rookie season after leaving uh, BC. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of good things there. He's, he's the type of gritty type of uh, player along the boards, uh, net front presence, and um, 
and could put the puck on the net. I mean, he's got a good shot, good slap shot, good heavy. Um, so uh, best of luck to him, and it's always good to have those the, the types of players um, and a local kid too, even though that I'm starting to get a better feeling about local kids and their productions around here. So turning the leaf. Um, defenseman Josiah Deedler. I hope I said that right. One year, two way contract, seven hundred thousand at the NHL level. Uh, the twenty six year old blue liner spent the last two seasons with the Charlotte Checkers. Um, he had two goals and eight assists, ten points, and it was a plus ten in forty one games. Uh, and for the Calder Cup champs, so bring some uh, championship experience to the Providence Bruins, uh, which I believe he will be um, will be there. Uh, prior to joining the AHL, uh, he was defenseman, was teammates with Danton Heinen at the University of Denver. So, and he served as an alternative captain for the last two seasons. So, another one. Uh, and then this one, one of my favorite signings uh, over the uh, free agent period um, was them lock the Boston Bruins uh, locking up Connor Clifton to a three-year extension worth one million um, per season. Uh, the 24-year-old blue, blue liner, I thought, has played really well in his short time with the Boston Bruins, whether it be in the regular season or the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, just adds a real toughness level to, to the Boston team that I think that um, is needed. I don't think it was, it was as much of a loss. I'm not, I'm not whole, on the whole toughness thing, but... Um, He's got a good heavy game. He knows he transitions well. He skates well. He's got good intelligence, moving the puck, um, tape the tape passes. I just think that he's the type of player that could that could easily fit in to uh, a Kevin Miller uh, role at a lower cap hit. Um, but that remains to be seen. But uh, the good thing about this is uh, Connor Clifton still has one more year of his entry level deal. Uh, so. And then the 2021 season kicks into his first year of his, uh, of his three-year extension. So it's really good to, that the Bruins still have him in the fold for another four seasons. So I'm really pumped to see that. Um, I'm not, not good friends with uh, his father, Tim, but we, we do associate on the, on the Twitter. And uh, I'm so happy for that family and Connor himself because uh, they're all class acts and, and – uh, it's good. I mean, the story is unbelievable going from being um, drafted by Arizona, not signing with them, signing an AHL deal, and then proved it to the Boston Bruins, which in turn signed him to an entry level uh, two year. And then bam, it's just, it just a great progression for that kid. Wants to see more of that style, uh, that scouting and, uh, and looking for those players in the future because uh, he, he's just, Something that I never, never saw when they first took him out of, um, you know, when they first signed him to AHL deal, I was kind of, well, let's see what we get here. And then I'm glad that I was totally wrong. So good on him. But with the, with the additions, um, obviously comes subtractions. Um, Nolachari, he is uh, gone. He signed with the Florida Panthers. Um, I'm not, I'm not heard about this i'm not freaking out about it like some people have done on on the social media um it's just i think in my opinion and just from a vast opinions of people that i listen to either on podcasts or reading their articles um 
is the, the, these types of players, the bottom six players, the days are over that you pay these guys five or six million dollars. Those funds are, should be allocated to the top six, the guys that are really putting the puck in the net. Uh, the plug-and-play guys, uh, the low-cap values, uh, those are bottom six guys. So Nolachari asking for a little more money than he should. I'm not saying he didn't, wouldn't deserve it, and he got it in Florida, but I don't think that that was the right number or a cap-friendly number that could be done with Boston. So with that being said, like a player like Ryan Fitzgerald, who just signed a $700,000 deal, can easily, seamlessly fit right into a role like that and still have wiggle room to make a move or two um, to address a right-wing need if needed. So, um, you know, Nolachari played a, a hell of a role in Providence and worked his way up to um, to the National Hockey League and, and played, I thought, okay at the NHL level. But like I said, it's just time to move on from these, you know, million-dollar players that are expecting three, four million. And, you know, when you can easily just take a kid from Providence and insert him in there. Um, Marcus Johansson yesterday uh, signed with the Buffalo Sabres. So, that's it sucks to lose a player like him. I never thought that he'd be back because of the cap crunch that this Boston Bruins team has, um, particularly when you need to sign future assets. And um, Lee Stepniak, I knew he was going to be gone. Jordan Swartz um, heard him not happy to be with the uh, Black Aces, asked to go home. So that pretty much set the tone of his career. Uh, he signed with Ottawa anyway. Um, Zane McIntyre, after being a Bruins prospect for since 2010, has signed with the Vancouver Canucks. Um, didn't see a future with this team, especially after his short term in the NHL. Uh, yes, the Bruins didn't give him a complete full chance, but um, what I saw, in my opinion, was not good at the NHL level, which pretty much set the tone for his his pro career, at least in Boston, and who passes him over uh, in the in the whole development scheme and um, and depth and depth scene. So, um, and he's another one that that spoke up about um, call ups and and call downs and where uh, you know his entitlement and where he fits in. Uh, I heard several conversations between people that are close to the team saying McIntyre verbally was uh, on Jay Leach, uh, sometimes at the bench in front of people, um, ex expressing his displeasure in certain situations. So um, maybe this is just a better fit for everybody else. Um, and, uh, and any of the stuff that I say that I've heard is just hearsay, nothing's fact, but um, you know, if, if, if people are talking about it, it's, it's a concern. And again, I don't like, I really don't, I get the whole human aspect of, of how important some people think they should be. But um, again, if you want it, you got to work harder for it. And if you don't get it, don't think that just because you've been with a team for a certain amount of years or time, or you played a cup of coffee in the NHL, you just don't, you know, these, the chances are just thrown at you. You got to earn it. So also uh, Providence says goodbye to Mark McNeil and, um, Jimmel Smith. I don't think those guys will be back at all. Um, but with that being said, you still have to work on uh, RFA contracts, Brandon Carlo, and um, 
defenseman Charlie McAvoy. Uh, Peter Solarik, who was RFA and was salary arbitration eligible, uh, said he was going to go. I'm not sure if the team um, and the player agreed before the arbitration hearing, but Mark Diver says that the deal is done. It's a one-year, two-way deal for uh, $700,000 at the NHL level. So um, the whole Solarik thing to me is the waiver priority. I don't like that whole situation when you come down to contract because the fact is that the, if he's getting paid on a one-way contract, on, I'm sorry, on a two-way contract, 700000 then they're expecting him to make the team, the NHL club. I'm not too sure about that, but what bothers me is that if he doesn't make the club and the Bruins need roster spot and cap availability, he would have to go through the waiver process. And I believe a player like Solaric would get easily picked up just because of the way he's a versatile forward, plays both uh, the left and the right side. I think that's a commodity that this, this NHL is starting to get more involved in is, uh, is players that can be moved up and down the lineup uh, without any notice. Um, but uh, it remains to be seen where Solaric's role is going to be played and, and where he goes. Um, I just think that is kind of a, you know, if you if if you knew you're going to get to this part of negotiations, then you know why not use him at the draft to get a third or a fifth round pick, which they they lost uh, or one of those picks. I'm not sure. Um, also, uh, RFA and is going to be going through the salary arbitration is Danton Heinen. Uh, he is one of three Carlo McAvoy Heinen right now that need to be signed. Um, and then you got DeBrusque and then others uh, next year. So uh, the bottleneck of contracted or entry level ending contract contracted players uh, is starting to pile up. So this salary cap thing, and I mean, um, before the Bruins had uh, free, the free agent frenzy on Monday, July 1st, Bruins had $12 million in space. They now have $10 million in space to lock these three players up. I don't know where this Heinen arbitration is going to go, how much he's going to get awarded. Um, I think it's heavily f favored on the player, so we could see what happens. Um, but uh, I think his resume might speak uh, you know, well enough on its own that uh, he's probably not more than a $3 million player. And even if that, can the Bruins afford him and lock up Carlo and McAvoy? I'm just not sure about that. Not behind the, uh, the, the doors of, of the Bruins operation to know exactly what's going on, never claimed to be, but it, it should be tough. I mean, Don Sweeney seems to be comfortable. Uh, my boy at CLNS uh, Media over at the uh, Bruins Beat podcast uh, Evan Maronofsky, tremendous host over there. Follow his show, by the way, and follow CLNS Media. Those guys are really good. But he says Sweeney is very comfortable when he talks about these negotiations, like almost like he knows that he's going to get a deal done with every one of them and not going to lose any one of them. So that is, uh, it's kind of it's kind of good to hear, but with it, without it being done and signed it's still a cause for concern and obviously Twitter panic because, you know, everybody thinks we're losing everybody because Trader Dawn and, and Signer Dawn and blah, blah, blah. This team sucks and blah. It's just a nightmare. But 
anyway, a um, couple other topics that I wanted to talk about before before heading off um, for a short short episode. I'm sorry, folks, but uh, just trying to get some some content out uh, for the for the season and and just to touch on some things that I've been through personally, big with uh, surrounding the team, but um. Um, the whole salary cap space and and the salary cap crunch on trying to lock up a players like Carlo Heinen and McAvoy um, is now you got to find areas to cut fat and and create that cap space to um, you know to look for the future and I I I hate saying this because I'm not on this on this boat, but I kind of am. I mean, David Krejci's got two years left on his contract at 7.25. Um, don't get me wrong. I am not beating this player. I think he's a fantastic playmaker, uh, point per game player throughout his career. I, throughout his whole career, don't kill me on year to year, but if you look at his numbers and how many games played, it's pretty damn close to a point per game. So, by that being said, I'm just looking at his number. I mean, his cap space is so valuable right now. And everybody's glorifying get rid of David Backus. Well, for me personally, I would love this Bruins team to get rid of that contract. Um, not, it was not well signed at all. Six million for a player of his age and declining uh, was not smart. But it... it professional sports these days it's a gamble to get the perfect player in there that's going to just make everything per player perfect or whatever but to me it's like why wouldn't you not i understand the step back you'll take but and the and the the window is 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 shortening for players like the other ones that were around in 2011 that that hoisted lloyd stanley's cup but you need to create space and you need to address areas of concern. Now I, I get if you lose Krejci, that's a huge second line center hole that internally, I'm not sure it could be full filled. I'm not sure if, if Coyle's the type of player to jump up the two C um, or if anybody else uh, fits, I mean, um, Trent Frederick or Studnika. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about that. But I do know that we do need something on the right side. And losing Krejci, obviously, it puts you in a huge hole. I get it. But the money, the money itself right there might be the biggest asset this Bruins team needs. Um, and I know I, I'm getting killed for it on Twitter for saying it, but it's just my opinion. I just – and like I said, I'm not hating the player. I, I, I do like the player. I just – I see things from different angles from everybody else. I just, I, I, I see him as a valued team member and value on the market. So I don't know. I, I don't want to see him move, but I, I do want to see this team get some more space to lock up these important players, especially ones that are coming down the line. Uh, ones that have, that have eaten years because they signed so early. Um, so with that being said, I just I hope that they can figure it out. You know, I hope that some team reaches out and just says, you know, we see value in David Backus. What do you want? You know, I, I think the Bruins would have to retain some of the salary to entertain that. 
I don't think it'd be a smart idea to involve a prospect and your future plans with getting rid of basket. I mean, getting rid of back backus. Um, I just don't. I don't know. Would you throw in a, a Jacob Saboro just to get a six million dollar contract off your off your hand? Some people that that dislike Saboro and and his progression to the NHL will automatically say yes, yes, yes. But I don't know. I see a I see a, a valued asset, whether he's in the NHL or not. Well over what Backus has done in in, in his uh, short term. Uh, with the Boston Bruins. So I don't know. I, I honestly don't know where to go. I don't have the answers. And I know some people would say, well, why the hell are you saying anything if you don't have any answers to what you're saying? Well, I, I if I was more in, involved in, into hockey operations and so on, I might have a better understanding of what's going on. But I mean, honestly, when I see cap space, I just look at that number and I don't know, maybe two, two years is enticing for another team to say, oh yeah, we'll take Krejci on, and then you know we'll negotiate through through then to see if he can get him signed for that that contract that would probably you know have him retire and kind of a nest egg for him. It remains to be seen. You know, it, it's it's a lot of fun throwing scenarios out there. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it, to me, it's there's no right or wrong answers when when you're having a conversation, um, but uh, some people just uh, you know if, if it's not their word, it's it's not good, but you know, I just, I don't know. I like talking about it. I like to figure it out and you know, it is what it is. So uh, with that being said, like I said, it's going to be a short program. Um, so hopefully we get a guest on this week, somebody to talk to, somebody to bounce off of, but uh, that remains to be seen. But um, thank you again. Thank you for all the listeners. Please go to uh, the, the podcatchers or the uh, platforms that you currently use and give us a five-star rating and some kind words, uh, give us a five-star rating and some television words. I don't care. Um, but, um, thank you for listening. Thanks for everything. Um, we get a lot of things coming up. Uh, we are using this, uh, NHL off season as a, as a great time for training. If, if anybody wants to, if anybody that has any creative writing skills or, wants to get involved, um, please send a, an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com and, um, and see if you have what it takes to join our team. We're, we're looking for multiple areas of, uh, of stuff, YouTube people, podcasters, writers, um, copy editors. Um, we have a, we have a lot of positions available if you're interested in joining the team and uh, in our growth. We are moving forward and and uh, hopefully um, we can uh, be a platform for you to uh, to speak what you have to say about this uh, this Boston Bruins club, uh, whether it be in the NHL, AHL, ECHL, or in the CHL or, or prospects. We cover everything, so uh, we welcome. So yeah, reach out, Black and Gold hockeyblog at gmail.com. Uh, send some writing samples and uh, we'll, we'll talk about get you on the team. Um, so with that being said, I am Mark Arred. I am the host of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This was episode 135. And I want to thank, obviously, our, our awesome listeners. And uh, another huge shout out to uh, our show sponsor, betonline.ag. 
Uh, those guys are fantastic over there. They've been with us for uh, a couple months now, and we're really loving the, the affiliation with them. Uh, get a free account at clnsmedia.com slash Bruins. Use code CLNS50 to get 50% back after your first purchase. That's a huge deal, man. That's a great deal for a great website with awesome feedback, by the way. So, um, um, yeah, that'll do it. Uh, we will be back. Oh, I will be back. It doesn't matter. We'll figure something out, but we will have a show next week. So, uh, everybody, please be safe. Um, enjoy the week. Stay cool. You know, it's going to be hot, but um, that's it. We'll talk soon. Take care, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at blackandgold277 and at rob40bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.